Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Siddharth is a spellbinding and gorgeously wrought tale of one father's journey across India in search of his son. Mahendra is a chain walla eking out a living fixing zippers on the bustling streets of New Delhi. To ease his financial woes, he sends his 12-year-old son, Siddharth, to work in a distant factory. When the boy doesn't come home, the family suspects the worst. We're joined today by Richie Mehta, the director of Siddharth. He's uh, known for his first feature film, Amal, which was won over 30 international awards and was nominated for six Genie or Canadian Oscar awards. The film Amal was recently named as one of the 10 best Canadian films of the decade. Richie Mehta, welcome to Film School. Thank you very much. It's nice to be back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> did, did you go to a film school? I'm just curious. I- I did, in fact. I did in, in Toronto, uh, a postgraduate. It was like an eight-month program. Fant- fantastic. Well, welcome back. And um, first of all, it's a, such an interesting and, I think, uh, a story that has uh, so many parallels to what we're hearing more and more about, is, which is the disappearance, ch- uh, kidnapping of children for all kinds of different reasons. But tell me a little bit about the, how the story of Siddharth uh, came to you. Um, sure. Uh, basically, it was a uh, it was an incident I had in in Delhi a few years ago. Uh, I mean, I'm, I I live in Toronto, born and raised there, but my family is Indian, and I speak Hindi, and you know, I go back often. So I had an, uh, um, an incident where I was with an auto rickshaw driver, so like a cab driver, and uh, he asked me uh, if I could help him find his missing son. Basically, yeah, I mean, he was asking me indirectly for a piece of information um, to decipher it mm-hmm. because he felt his son was kidnapped and taken to a place, a place in this case called Dongri. So he asked me if I knew where it was, and I didn't know what, what he even meant. And then he explained to me. He sent his son away a year earlier, his 12-year-old boy, to work in a different village, and he lost track of him. He doesn't have a photograph of his son. He doesn't know how to spell his son's name. He, he doesn't know anything about his whereabouts. And when I did a Google search, uh, I found this place, Dongri, in about five seconds. Hmm. And he had been asking people for a year for help uh, in his rickshaw. And that's all he could do. He had to keep working. He couldn't take time off for the rest of his family. And and he didn't know what the Internet was. So it's, as we're not talking about, like, Taken, uh, you know, that Liam Neeson movie where yeah. he's an FBI agent and he can find the person in two days. This is somebody who can't decipher a piece of information that anyone listening to this radio station can can, can get in, in a few seconds. And it's life and death for this guy. Yeah. That's amazing. And so what, what was it about that story that sort of stuck with you? It, it's Obviously, uh, you... It was, it's a it's a tragic story, a tragic uh, circumstances for this man. Um, uh, at what point did you decide this is something I really need to turn into a script and then a, a feature film? Um, you know, it was very organic. Um, I was working on a different film at the time, it was a science fiction film, in fact, uh, and I was writing that and trying to finance it and cast it. And I was actually in LA um, for an extended period in early, uh, I think it was 2011 doing the casting and, you know, doing the hustle here and there. Um, and then this thing just kept ballooning. It had been about eight months since I heard that story and talked to that man, and it wouldn't go away. And so I just started writing it. And within a couple of days, I had a full outline of the journey of this man. Um, and, you know, what if I could show exactly what he was talking about, why he sent his son away, how that unfolded. Yeah. Then what if he does find out where Don Gria is? 
and continued on that search, and what is the natural conclusion of that search. Um, but I wanted to hold on to a very specific, specific themes, which were optimistic in my mind. Mm. Themes of resilience, themes of coping, themes of hope, uh, and themes of compassion. And I want to point out, uh, having, having seen Siddharth, um, that it it is a film that um, could easily have become mired in the most uh, terrible, tragic sort of circumstance, and yet your film doesn't do that, which I think is one of the great strengths of it is um, that it is about a family struggling to figure this out, uh, and instead of being completely mired in um, the just assuming the worst, uh, mm-hmm. they persevere, and I think mm-hmm. that, that really is a, a great strength of this film. I, I guess the question I have here is uh, this resiliency that the, the family and Mahendra have. Um, is that something that uh, you? Sp- is there something in the Indian sort of psychology? Is it something specific to? Uh, the Indian uh, culture. I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but no, I understand. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think yeah, there is there is a, a resilience in the culture. I don't. But the thing is, it's not. I don't think it's even thought of as resilient. You know, it's like it's like the, the when you see people who are really good, like I'm talking about really decent human beings. Yeah. They don't really know they're decent human beings. They just carry on their way, and they happen to be that. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing here that we, we look at this and we can ascribe sort of resiliency to their actions and their thoughts, when in fact for them it's just, oh, what, what do you mean? It's just life. Right. Like, get over it. This is what we have to deal with. Um, and, and at the same time, I think if I don't take that position um, and try and gleam some sort of optimism out of this, in a realistic sense, right? We're not talking about wrapping this up in a, in a very kind of storybook ending, but in a very real sense, if I can gleam optimism out of this and hope and something, then, then there's there's a point to this exercise. Otherwise, it's so grim yeah. um, that me identifying it is not going to help anything, I feel. You know, just because you mentioned Taken. By the way, we're speaking with Richie Maida, the director of the film Siddharth. Um, and I, you mentioned something about Taken, so I'm going to sure. sort of pull it into an American film sure, context sure, sure. here. And that is, in your film, the person who helps arrange for... Uh, uh, Siddharth to go to the factory in an American film would have been part of an insidious criminal organization yeah. and and the reaction of the father would have been commensurate in the evil that was perpetrated by right. by exacting violence on everybody that came between him and, and the, the conclusion of this film. Correct. And, the, and we would be a part of that. We would be party to that and enjoy it. Yeah, right. we would be part of it. And again, it does, I, I think what, the again, you know, taking these two films and not to beat up on Taken, but it's just the idea. Yeah, yeah. It is a very, very different. And your film is in some ways more optimistic, but at the same time leaves open the question of just what is happening around yeah. the world on a scale of which we have very little real idea. And yeah. here you have presented it in a way that when you walk out of the theater, you think no less of the problem, but you're encouraged by the fact that there's possibilities to make sure that this doesn't happen. That's, and that was, exact, that was exactly the intention, really, because... Um, uh, and, and you know, even in my first film, it, it's a kind of a line of thinking I really started exploring and quoting a significant percentage of my life to, mm-hmm. is that we, we here have a, have a position growing up in this environment um, where we, we are potentially equipped to be, I would almost say, superior citizens of the, of the world. Um, you know, we're talking about a, a person who doesn't know what the Internet is and needs, needs to find his son yeah. and doesn't have a photograph of his son. And we are in positions where we're 
we're almost deities in comparison of what we can have access to. So with that, if there's going to be a change, if there's going to be a positive change in economics, if there's going to be a positive right. change in the way we we live, because it's zero-sum, we have a certain amount of access to resources here because other people don't. Right. That change has to come from here. It has to come from individuals and then, you know, in a larger scale. So to me, my hope is that this, a film like this inspires people to do that in their own way. Yeah. Yeah, and again, going back to this comparison of the, you know, the the reaction of the audience walking out of your film and then walking out of another film like Taken is that there is a, a, an unconscious sort of uh, visceral feeling. Well, that's done. Well, we can sort yeah. of, well, that's t- yeah, we okay. The 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 good guys won. The bad guys lost. Now there's no more problem. I mean, at yeah, least let's, let's, go, let's go for dinner. Yeah, let's go out to dinner. <laughs> We've resolved that problem, so yeah. we don't have to worry about that. So again, I, it's just, I really that's what I took away from just sort of my reaction to it was okay. Um, this is this is some, this is the world I live in, which yeah. is in Siddharth. I don't live in the world of Taken. So uh, yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> glad. Mm-hmm. Glad uh, that, that, that. Yeah, uh, we clear that up. Yeah, clear that. Up. <laughs> um, now the casting of the film. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, Mahandra's character, or who, the, the the actor. Yeah, uh, he's a, he's a very dear friend of mine. His name is Rajesh Telang. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a he's a professor, actually, a teacher at the National School of Drama in Delhi, uh, and a linguist. Um, he teaches. Um, drama, he teaches diction, uh, so he's kind of a, an expert in language as well, and etymology. Um, so he, again, he's been a collaborator of mine for years on many of my films. In this film, he did all the trans- Hindi translations. He brought so much to the character and the attitude of the film. Yeah. And, you know, obviously he played the lead. He, and he was the guy I was going to see in that rickshaw when I met the rickshaw. I was just going to hang out with him. Oh, is that right? And so when I got out of the rickshaw, I, said, I met him and I said, hey, you won't believe what happened. And so from the very beginning, I just kind of associated him with this whole project, and, and he became my closest, you know, creative collaborator from day one. Well, I think in in terms of the, in the embodiment of the story, moving the story along, um, Rajesh is uh, is a really great vehicle because he's initially sort of dumbstruck by the idea that he, he there's no photo he doesn't have he can't really the resources because he's just trying to get through every day and trying to trying to make enough money to support his family so yeah. these i wouldn't say extravagance of life but certainly things that just you, you don't think about as much apparently as as you would uh here in uh in a wealthier uh a, cult, a wealthier situation so the fact that he is sort of dumbstruck by that initially Overwhelmed, but he never betrays any sort of uh, hopelessness in in his quest, and he's constantly optimistic yeah. about what will happen uh, in in his search for his son. Well, yeah, and also there's something else which was very important to me. I tried to present uh, an, an environment and a situation character who basically does everything perfectly that a human being can do in his situation after the mistake has been realized. Yeah. So it's like, okay, let's let's see all things being equal. Yeah. The whole world is, in his, uh, kind of in his peripheral vision, is trying to help him. And he's making the right moves. He doesn't, you know, get involved with mafia when he has a chance. Uh, you know, he's not mortgaging his family's future right. or the, the issue that he has now and, and the mistake he's made. Um, and at the same time, and this, I guess, speaks to the ending, he essentially doesn't have a chance in hell, in a way. Yeah. So, and that has nothing to do with him. So I tried to say, okay, let's take the most intelligent, dignified human being in the world and put him through the situation, and he makes all the right moves, and still see how this man squirms. Yeah, and and to your point, he's he's helped along the way by people who more or less have no vested interest 
in helping. Yeah. Them. And yeah, no, absolutely. So you're, and again, goes back to my point, or our point earlier, which is this is the real situation in the real world. So it, it I, re- I really applaud. No, and and of course, I want to get to some of the other, uh, the, uh, and I'm, if I butcher this, uh, Tanishitha uh, right. Chatterjee, uh, who plays his wife Suman. Uh, she's terrific as well. It was just kind of quiet dignity about her. I, um, tell me a little bit about her and her background. Yeah, no, she's also a very, actually a very dear friend, and she's uh, actress in India. She's done many films, independent films. Uh, she she was a lead in a film called Brick Lane, which is a British film mm-hmm. a few years back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and she's uh, she also kind of I told her what this was about, and she she said she was very interested in being in it. Uh, and again, very just totally vested, vested in, in doing the best job ever. It, it, obviously, this is a very low budget film, so, so these people didn't do it for the money. Well, let's get a little bit. Of, by the way, we're speaking of the Richie Mehta. The film is Siddharth. Uh, it is coming into. It's coming released uh, in June 29th, I believe. It's coming into yeah, June. T- June 27th in New 27th. York, and then July 11th in LA. My bad. Okay, so July 11th here in, in Los Angeles. And June twenty seventh in in New York, great. Uh, mm-hmm. A little bit about the quickly about the uh, the logistics of the film. Um, mm-hmm. Shooting days, how many? Twenty one. Twenty one. That's mind boggling. What were you on? Were you on a jetpack when you did this? How, <laughs> how did you? Because there's a lot of setups. There's a lot of locations involved, or at least it looks like in the film, a lot of locations. Oh, there are, there are tons of setups and locations, and basically planned every shot, every moment. I knew how to go into this because it was my second feature film in that environment. Yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, it was just about, you know, the first time I ever did a film where, um, including all my shorts and docs, that uh, I shot listed the entire feature before day one, which really helped. Oh, yeah. So we just knew what we were going after. Yeah. Uh, a little bit about your cinematographer. It looks great. Yeah, Bob, his name is Bob Gundu, lives in Toronto, and he's kind of a, a one-man show. I mean, it was basically him. Um and, uh, you know, he's got his gear. We had shot on the Panasonic AF-100. Okay. Uh, he, he's an expert at this kind of shooting, um, kind of off-the-cuff plan, but not really in a way. Yeah. Um, improvising. He's also the visual effects supervisor. Okay. So we had a lot of visual effects shots of, you know, tweaks in the crowd, people walking by, looking at the camera, public spaces, we take them out, things like that. Yeah. Just making the shot perfect. Yeah, and and I'm I'm one of these film freaks, right? I I'm always looking for that guy in the in the audience, or I mean, in the uh, shot that looks at yeah. the camera when they shouldn't. And I didn't see. You won't see, find it. I, I was. <laughs> you will not find it. <laughs> You're right. And you also, obviously, as director, writer, and editor. So, how long did it take to to cut the film? Uh, a while, actually, because I did my other. I did a science fiction film, okay. uh, actually, in between, okay. which is a much bigger project, which is also coming out in June. Um, uh, I'll follow you down. Is that, that yeah. yeah? And I shot, I shot and edited that in between. So I took a break on the editing of the film, shot and edited that, and nine yeah. months later, carried on this, and it gave me some pause and some distance, and I came back to it. Well, it is terrific. I, I'm 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 thrilled for you as a filmmaker, and and this is the kind of film uh, that needs to find traction. It, I know it can be a difficult sell. It's kind of a tough hustle, as you say. Uh, on some of these uh, kind of, uh, films, especially when it's about a subject that people are tad uncomfortable with, let's let's be yeah. honest. It, uh, sure. And and, uh, and also the final question for you: uh, is conscious decision to not wrap up the story, uh, yeah. in a, you know, in a nice bow for either in any sort of way. It's it's left pretty open. Decision came to you. What was that? What went that into was- your process? I, again, I wanted to be real. I wanted to be uh, faithful to the story and the economic situation. I wanted to not leave you, um, like you said, walking out and saying, you know, wiping your hands and saying, that was great, let's move on. And most importantly, 
I feel as a, as a almost as something sociological, I think it's important to try and gleam out the positive in in these terrible tragedies. I think it's, it's that as a coping mechanism for us. Yeah. And so I presented in many ways things that are neutral, in many ways things that are slightly optimistic. That I hope you can gleam out of that as yeah. a coping mechanism for yourself. Well, it's it's a terrific film, well acted. It looks great. It's a great. It's a it's a inter, a very important story, and I hate to use that word. It sounds a little academic to say it that way. It's just a story that needs to be told. We know very little about an immense problem that's going around all around the world. It's particularly hard hitting uh, economies that. Uh, all you know, uh, people who are struggling, uh, and it, yep. and it's a devastating, devastating thing for anybody to deal with. I thank you so much for finding some time to be here on Film School, Richie Mayo. It's my pleasure. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Take all care. right. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.